You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Lena McCool, because we have no Marcus Mosher today. So it's a Lando solo show, guys. What have you what have you done this week to deserve such such an honor? I, I don't know. You guys are gonna enjoy me by myself, Fast and Furious, answering your questions uh, that I got off Twitter. Um, and we got some good ones, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some answers. We're gonna get down in the in the nitty gritty of it because Marcus decided to bail on us for the last uh, pod for the last week for the for the week and. Uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get down to some real answers without him here. He's he's not gonna slow us down. He's not here to slow us down anymore. So uh, let's let's hop right into it. Um, Kevin Modisette, uh at UT Modiset M O D I well at U T M O D I S E T T E friend of the pod. Uh, he asked, "What's the most interesting position group entering training camp?" And I I think this is you know. Uh, this is a good question, especially this year. I, I, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody, uh, you know, on Twitter about how this uh, training camp is really, you know, one of the training camps that I've looked forward to the most. I think in the last few years that I've been going, and and I think a lot of it has to do with just so much uncertainty, and 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 you know, I think a lot of people look at the uncertainty as as a negative thing, but for me, it's it's exciting because it's a lot to discover, it's a lot to to kind of watch unfold, and 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 not you know, uh, just feel like you're checking off boxes where you confirming what you already know. So I think, you know, to answer your question, I think you know the really the wide receivers and the tight ends kind of have to be the group because just because of the simple fact that you. You don't really know how those groups are going to shake out as far as how they'll be deployed. So there's a lot to learn there, and I think that is you know what gives those two position groups you know so much interest. Is there's just so much to learn there, uh, and I think that it, it's going to be something that everyone's going to be paying very close attention to uh, going into training camp. Uh, Payson Melber at Payson NFL at P E Y S O N N F L asks. How big of an impact would Earl Thomas make on the overall outcome of the Cowboys season? And this is a difficult thing to quantify, but I, I'm going to try to do my best. I think, you know, pretty sizable. I mean, you, you talk about what you need on any given type of defense to make the defense run well, right? You talk about in the 3-4, you know, you, know, you usually talk about you needed that a big hog molly nose tackle to, to, to just, you know, kind of control the middle of the field and then you needed those guys those pass rushers on the outside uh who were you know dictating the 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 pass rush dictating the pace of how quickly things need to get out um in our defense you know you 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 talk about the will linebacker obviously is the person that all the the plays you know especially in the run game or short yardage or short passing game he's the guy that everything gets funneled to um, and then you know what you talk about with 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 teams like ours that are you know, kind of predominantly cover one, cover three teams, you know, with a with a single safety high, having an elite player back there can really make all the difference because it allows you to feel 
a lot more confident about playing your safety down and allowing him to be a run defender. Uh, it allows you to feel more confident about um, having your uh, corners play a little bit more aggressive, knowing that you've got an elite uh, topper on the back end who can kind of eliminate mistakes and or make something out of nothing. And, and, and it gives you know quarterbacks pause when they know that uh, a guy like, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Earl Thomas completely left my brain for a second. Well, a guy like Earl Thomas is back there. I mean, I think it gives the quarterbacks just that much more to think about while going through progressions and just having to be aware of where he is at all times. So um, to answer the question, I think it, it could have a pretty serious effect. I mean, I think the cumulative effect of having him back there really kind of rolls down to the rest of the defense to the point where, you know, uh, it gives the, the defense that much more chance to be an elite defense, I think. You know, I think that they have players uh, now at, at all different levels of the defense that can make plays, and uh, and I think you know it kind of would be sort of uh, that's you know you don't want to say the final piece, but that piece that really could elevate the entire defense up a notch or two. So uh, I think it can have a very real effect. I think you can have a two or three game win effect um, potentially on. Uh, on the team just because of like I said what it does for the rest of the defense what he does for the rest of the defense is is it'd be very difficult to measure he becomes an immediate leader for a young talented group on the of defensive backs he becomes that uh that final playmaker on the third level that you needed uh to kind of complete the set I, I think you know a lot has to do with what the, the fact that the Cowboys have an Earl Thomas shaped hole in their defense uh, and that Earl Thomas obviously fits that hole exactly well. So it's a great fit. And, and I think that a lot has to do with the overall effect that he would have on the team. Um, Pash uh, at the Amir at T H E A M I R. Good, good buddy. Uh, what record would the team need to have for Jerry to fire Jason Garrett in the middle of the season? You know, I think it would have to be pretty terrible. I I, I do think that uh, you know Jerry clearly wants to give Jason every opportunity to uh, do something with this team. Uh, I think disaster would have to strike pretty heavily uh, for it to be, you know, a fire in the middle of the season thing. I, you know, really, uh, the reason that Jerry hasn't done that a lot is because you know he did that with. Uh, with uh, Chan Gailey and I, and I think he really re- ended up or I, he fired Chan Gailey sooner than he thought that he should have. And I think that really kind of, you know, put it in his head that he doesn't like to do that. Um, and he felt, I think, you know, he always had kind of regretted that. Uh, I think he did it, did it with Wade Phillips just because of the severity. Um, uh, and, uh, I think that, that, that likely, uh, uh, you know, is one of those things that might affect his desire to fire him. Like I said, just short of absolute, uh, absolute disaster. Um, so I have to imagine that he would have to basically have gone, uh, halfway through the season without, um, uh, you know, without winning a game. I mean, I think it had to be like an O and five or O and six situation, uh, in order for that to, to be the case. Um, next question, Yuma Cactus uh, at Yuma Cactus. Uh, how does Chris Richard impact the scheme? The actual down to down calls. Uh, you know, I think that uh, I, I think that 
it affects it a lot. I mean, I, 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 I don't. We don't really know the exact mechanics of how the plays get called during the you know game. But I, I was under the impression. I've been under the impression that um, that you know previously. Uh, uh, that uh, that I don't know that that Marinelli was necessarily the one um, making the calls. So um, I, I think that as the the passing uh, coordinator, passing game coordinator for the defense, um, I, I think that that it is likely um, that you know that's that's the job of Chris Richard is to actually make the 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 coverage calls and and actually um, you know be the one to send the signals in. Um, now, I like I said, we don't know for sure the mechanics of that, but I, I have to imagine that you know anything like that, um, you know, is is kind of done in coordination, obviously, with Marinelli's you know stunt calls or or, or line calls, whatever um, you know, whatever they whatever they may be. So uh, I think that um, I, I think that uh, you know likely. It's going to have an effect. I think it's going to be difficult to um, to measure right away, but I think ultimately what it will will be about is just kind of the amount of mixtures of of the coverages, and I think that's where we're going to really see um, the uh, the major changes. I mean, I just like you know how much more cover three, how much more cover one versus what they were playing last year, and and that impact is you know is not affecting the scheme so much as how the elements in the scheme are deployed kind of pl- down to down, play by play. So uh, I think Chris Richard is going to have an effect, to, to answer your question. Um, what's a couple more? Uh, we got a trio from Ball from Grace, at Ball from Grace. And let's just do all these real, real quick. What's the defensive ceiling this season – uh, assuming Sean Lee is at least mostly healthy, um, I think the ceiling. You know, I think this could be a top ten defense. I mean, I think it depends on what you know. Like the Earl Thomas question, obviously weighs heavy if that gets done. But I think this has the opportunity to be that level of of, of defense. They have talent on on all that, a lot of different levels, and I think that you know that will play through. I think Sean Lee being healthy is obviously you know a full season would be amazing. Would be an amazing thing. Um, how concerned are you? Uh, next question was: How concerned are you about Tyron suffering similar injuries to last season? Uh, you know, you have to be a little bit concerned, of course. Uh, I, I think the idea is that they, you know, hopefully have gotten a little better hold of it the, this season than last season. Um, and I think that in anticipation of what of the issues, they've he's changed a little bit of his offseason regimen and, and focused on being able to alleviate that. So I think that that's all, you know, those are all important elements to kind of help you prevent. But I, I think it's something that you have to keep in mind for sure that something that could definitely happen. And I think it's something that they kept in mind when they went out and got uh, a, a pretty decently high-end backup tackle. Um, and the final trio from Ball, from Grace, is uh, who will lead the Cowboys in receiving in 2018? That's a really difficult question. I think a lot of people have asked that Um and I, I mean, I'm just going to say Alan Hearns for now, but I, I, you know, I don't have any confidence in that because I just really, we don't really know what this offensive passing game is going to look like until we get into camp. So uh, I think, you know, right now we're all just kind of naming names at this point. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, Apollo Jedi. That's uh, at Apollo Jed One. 
says, what are Noah Brown's chances of taking Terrence Williams' spot? I've heard several people say that T-Will's most valuable asset is his blocking. From what I've seen, Brown is better at both blocking and catching. He's younger and hasn't been crashing supercars this offseason. You know, I have actually did a 53-man roster that didn't include Terrence Williams last time, but did include Noah Brown. So, I I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. I like Noah Brown quite a bit, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Terrence Williams made it over him either. I think a lot of this is going to all be about how the competition plays out in training camp. I think Noah Brown has that opportunity, if, if he plays well, to, to make this team independent of whether Terrence Williams makes a team or not. Um, but I, I think a, a lot of it is all going to hinge on how everyone performs in training camp and, and you know, uh, you know, Terrence Williams, obviously, what, what kind of adds into that, you know, uh, that mixture there is, is does he get suspended? Uh, what does this do for his guaranteed money? That sort of thing. So uh, I'm not exactly sure how, uh, you know, that we, we don't know yet how that adds in. So we'll see how that uh, how that kind of all plays out. And then obviously that's going to hev- heavily factor into Terrence Williams availability for the 53-3 man's roster or, you know, his guaranteed money and, and that how much that weighs uh, in holding him hostage on the team for the Cowboys uh, instead of having to let him go for, for nothing if he gets suspended. Um, finally, from at Overton Michael, uh, at O-V-E-R-T-O-N-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-7, what is going on with the free safety free agent market? What does this tell us about how offenses and defenses are changing? Well, I, I think that you know we've talked about this, or a, a lot of people have been talking about this kind of phenomenon of the softening of the free agent uh free safety market um you know there's been a lot of speculation that the you know rpo game is kind of uh mitigated free safety value uh, i don't maybe that could be true um i also know that this particular free safety market you know really has a lot of circumstance i know trey boston is actually asking for quite a bit more money than i think teams are willing to pay now in the past i don't think teams would have been so unwilling to pay a 25 year old free safety who's proven to be a a single safety high type but i the, the he is asking for what is an absorbent amount of money um but it, like like we mentioned in the past was not an amount of money that would be poo-pooed now it is being very much you know disregarded by teams and that's why Trey Boston is still an available free agent and Eric Reed being the uh, one of the other guys on this list and obviously there are teams that are probably you know having <laughs> weighing the fact that he kneeled on the field as part of the issues of signing him whether, whether that's fair or good or anything I, I have to believe it's reality so that's affecting that market as well uh, you know that's unfortunate but that's the way it is so um I just think that there's a lot of circumstance in this market. It looks on paper like a very good free safety market, but when you actually dig into what's going on, there are particular, you know, circumstance there. Could there be a softening of the market overall? Like I mentioned before, that's a possibility. I would like to see a couple, maybe two years of this consistently before I'm ready to, you know, say that completely. But I tend to still think that the best way to defend RPOs is to have, is to play man free, and if you want to play man free, you got to have a good, strong safety back there, a free safety back there. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see if this trend continues or if this really is circumstance surrounding these particular players. Whew. 
guys, that's that's it for me. Uh, that's a lot of talking for one person to do, and I'm, I'm sure you're sick of me already. So make sure you check back with us next week. We'll have another few episodes. We're getting we're getting closer to training camp, so we'll be back to doing four, four a week uh, pretty soon. So make sure you're checking in with us on Locked On uh, Cowboys and uh, check in with all the other podcasts on the Locked On Network. And until next time, I'll see you later. 